Welcome back, Wildcat Faithful, to the Wildcat Radio Podcast. My name is Ronnie Stoffel, and as always, I'm joined by Mr. Adam Green. Adam, how you doing, buddy? Good, good. I feel like in the time since we last recorded, bad things didn't really happen to U of A outside of softball losing, getting bounced mm-hmm. from the tournament, which they put up a good fight, had a good run. But overall, big picture, it hasn't been too bad for Arizona. And dare I say, things have gone well? Is that, is that fair to say? I th- I think it's somewhat fair to say right now, obviously, and, and it's funny, too. So we're, we're recording this on Tuesday, June 11th. So by the time you hear this, obviously, it'll be Wednesday, June 12th. We are I mean, this is we're well into the dog days of summer as far as as, as far as college sports are concerned. Um, but I, I, I do think it's fair. Right. So college uh the the women's softball team finished up they got bounced in the college world series um they did win their first game beating washington and then they ended up losing uh, subsequently the next two games to get bounced there but you know what still a hell of a season by them the final rankings came out today and they finished the season number five in the country which was the best since 2010 so uh you know obviously they didn't bring home the trophy but that's still a really good season to hang your hat on but yeah adam adam i think what you're alluding to here though is um finally maybe some closure to all the book richardson stuff right we hope <laughs> we hope we hope yeah we were i know that the whole trial and stuff really every arizona fan if you weren't holding your breath you were doing something wrong or you knew something that none of us did because even when we thought maybe we knew what was happening or what was going to happen it was more a lot of hope right and you know, obviously it's unfortunate to see him get sentenced to any prison time but at the same time Given what this trial could have meant, and I guess, you know, none of it's over until I guess it's over, but like given what it could have meant, I feel like if you're Arizona, right now you kind of breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief. Like if that's it, if that's all that comes of this, then obviously there's going to be NCAA sanctions, or we don't know what those will be, but if this is the only news that comes out, like Book Richardson did this, what we've heard is what happened, or at least what anyone can prove, then I think if you're Arizona, you can be like, ah, because... For a few times here and there, it seemed like it was going to be a lot worse, a lot bigger than it was. And as of right now, it doesn't seem like it was that major, upsetting, disappointing, but not major, not like death penalty type of stuff for Arizona. Not at this point. Yeah, I, I definitely, it, it feels like the worst may be behind us. And I'm totally oh. knocking on wood here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right? I mean, like, let's I all mean, do I, that. Yeah, and, and especially, and, and we'll get to this too, just with another big-time recruit transferring into Arizona, which will not, uh, you know, Jordan Brown from Nevada, who originally probably should have started out at Arizona, but uh-huh. with all this Book Richardson scrutiny and everything, you know, he rightfully he didn't know what was happening, uh, opted to Nevada, and Nevada had a very good team last year. They just somewhat underachieved there, and he got buried on the bench by upperclassmen, but we'll, we'll get to all that shortly. Um, but I guess just uh, as, as far as the sentencing for these assistant coaches goes just chronologically walking through the order here so usc um ex usc assistant coach i should say uh tony bland was the first guy up right he was the first one to be sentenced so this kind of set the stage for uh, expectations on what was going to happen with book richardson because he was on deck right he was getting sentenced the next day and so the baseline here was going to kind of be well what does tony bland get sentenced now we're talking about different dollar amounts but not vastly different right i think tony bland was around like uh, they, they, they traced like 5,000 bucks, right. And wires, whatever he kept, uh, book Richardson kept 20. Right. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a difference, but anyway, so Tony Bland gets sentenced to just two years probation, a hundred hours community service. So honestly, Adam, when I saw that, I was immediately thinking like, is book Richardson seriously not even going to do time out of this? You know, like all of this over the last two years, 18 months, whatever. And he's not even going to serve any time. Well, that was certainly, that, that, that was, uh, I guess you say, quickly squashed as as his sentencing rolled around and he was in fact but richardson was in fact sentenced to three months in prison i think he, he has a surrender date like six six weeks from now or something whatever six weeks from then um and so he'll spend three months in prison and then he'll come out i believe also with the same two-year probation area period and then uh, probably some community service whatever sprinkled in there but um all in all adam i, I would say still that's that's somewhat of a light sentencing 
given all the coverage and just the way everything was was worked up, hyped up over the last 18 months. I mean, is, is that fair to say? Was that sentencing somewhat underwhelming to you? I think given what we all thought it could have been, like, <laughs> I didn't want to be whelmed, I guess, with all of this, yeah, right? Sure. I mean, it's, and you look at it, what kind of crime did he commit? Is it white collar? Kind of. Mm-hmm. You know, there was kind of like they're baited by the FBI and all that in this raid. And, you know, it kind of goes back to things like this. Now, granted, you know, it's the idea of paying players and this and that has been around forever. So if that's what would happen here, it wouldn't be like a surprise. But no, like I, I thought the sentencing, like I don't think I was rooting for anything particular. Like I was the whole time I was just thinking, please, nothing hammer errors. I'm like, nothing come out about Sean Miller. Nothing come out about the right. like, just destroy the program. So for what happened to Book Richardson, I mean, I, I wasn't hoping for him to get just killed with the sentence like no i don't think anyone should have been rooting for that but in terms of like what the government spent on all this stuff right it seemed like when this first started back in what september of 2017 that this could be this huge monster thing it's gonna just shake up the basketball world and head coaches assistant coaches the sport itself is just going to be thrown you know turned upside down and if this is what came out of it then yeah that's underwhelming because clearly that didn't happen you know and if mm-hmm. you're a fan of the program that wasn't caught up in this yet then you're probably really upset about how this went because you're hoping to see some of these big schools knock down a peg or two and it's probably not going to happen but in terms of this book sentence on its own i mean i guess i didn't have any idea of what i was looking for hoping for i just like to me my concern was arizona basketball and as of the time being his sentence notwithstanding his sentence even i guess withstanding would that be the opposite of notwithstanding is (laughs) like it's fine so you know, underwhelming, I guess, in the scope of what we all thought this could have ended up being. But when you look at what the actual crime he committed was, it doesn't seem like it's too out of line, I don't think. I'm with you on that. I, th- I think that was very well said, especially because if you look at I mean, he doesn't have a history of anything, right? Like, as far as I understand, you know, when sentencing comes down and, and you know, the judge really looks into what is fair punishment for this, they often look at they they often look at I mean what's the history of 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 this of this yeah. guy right um and and there just really wasn't anything there for that right I mean uh, it was stupid it was illegal right there there's no arguing any of that but I think that that's maybe what it was especially for me it just it, it just felt like uh, with all of the with all the pundits behind the scenes offering up their opinion on how screwed Arizona is right that somewhat added fuel to the fear fire in my mind uh-huh. of like well damn like this guy he's gonna just get roasted he's gonna probably do like years like plural you know like in in prison and and all this i mean look i i would i really hope i'm never in that position i I don't ever (laughs) want to spend a day in prison Um, but given yeah right but 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 given what everything over this last 18 months has done to him and just you know tracking it since day one i mean three months really seems manageable for him and i think that you know i I don't know necessarily if he's lucky because it kind of feels like right the, the 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 punishment fits the crime i guess you could say um, so I, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I'm just kind of, I, I guess more so in the sense of, uh, right. It seems manageable for him, but it also is, is a bit of closure to the whole thing almost, mm-hmm. right? Like he is, okay, this is it. He's been sentenced. Uh, he took the plea deal. He's been sentenced. He's going to go serve his time. He's going to get out and he'll probably never have any affiliation with Arizona again. And, and hopefully that that's just it for us, right? Like just eyes forward here, moving on. Well, that's the thing too. Like in terms of Book Richardson's life, we want to just focus on him. His life as he knew it is over. Yeah. You know, he's not going to be able to coach college basketball again. I mean, I've been reading articles about how he had a hard time finding any kind of job. Like, he couldn't even get a retail job, I thought I heard, because of this situation. Mm -hmm. So, like, there is some, I guess, quote-unquote, time served already. And, again, he committed a crime. And, you know, it's kind of a victimless crime, I guess, unless you want to say the school's a victim. And I know there's been some debate and articles and podcasts about that stuff. But, like, it's not like he physically hurt anyone. It's not like he... I don't know, he didn't steal from anyone per se, right? And if he steered guys yeah. from agency, that's that's not cool, but he's steering them to representation for their professional careers. And we as we still don't know what the actual ramifications of what he did were. Like, what happened with that money? Did he steer anyone to agents? Like, clearly, it doesn't look like he did. So, you know, in terms of that, like, his life is changed and very much for the worse. And he deserves to be punished for what he did, right? He committed a crime, but does he deserve to go to prison for eight months, 12 months? Six? I mean, I for this crime, for what he did, I would have a hard time being okay with that. But at the end of the day, too, like my concern is and always was the Arizona basketball program, the University of Arizona. And, 
You know, and if you if you feel like the Wildcats and the school are victims here, then you really don't care what happens to Book Richardson because in your mind he screwed them over. And yeah, right. who knows, maybe that's what happened. But mm-hmm. you know, you know, there's some gray area there and you know, Book seemed like he was a good coach for Arizona. He helped him out for many, many years and you know, you don't want to see want to see his life ruined, but certainly there was no way he was getting out of this. I don't think with anything happening, like was the judge, they said that he, that book got more of a sentence than Blanded because book took more money and book was right. involved with this for longer. And that mm-hmm. there was no indication it would have stopped happening. Had this, the raid not gone down and had the feds not stepped in. So, you know, it's not like book was just like made a one-time mistake and got caught for it. And yeah, no, he wasn't in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like he committed a crime. So he deserves to be punished. But a lot of the punishment, I think, has nothing to do with going to prison. It's just his life. He was a basketball coach, and now he's not a basketball coach. Adam, I heard a question in there of what did he do with the money? And that is a great question, right? And, and I think, you know, now, now that all of this is even as far as the trial and everything is, is, behind, uh, is behind Book Richardson, you know, he, he's obviously he's had some direct quotes. He's been, he's been in contact with some media people. Um, and now finally speaking out about the whole situation. And one quote that I clicked on, and, and I was telling you about this before we, um, before we started recording here, was the Arizona Daily Star, I guess, got in touch with him and Wildcat Nation's favorite Greg Hansen, <laughs> a beat writer for the Arizona Daily Star. Uh, I, I clicked on one of these articles of his talking about the sentencing and, and you know, just a, a diving in a little bit more, uh, a little heart to heart almost that Hansen had with Richardson. And, and I'm going to read just a little snippet of you here uh, because it is interesting because they never really talked about or, or I guess maybe he just never really spoke out about, you know, what he did with the money because he was being hush hush while the while the uh, well, well, all, all the trials and everything were ongoing. But uh, in in this article uh, and I quote, what did Richardson do with the twenty thousand dollars? He told me he spent most of it to make his mother's residence in, in New York City, handicap accessible. She had recently suffered a stroke, limiting her movement. So I, you know, it's like, it's still illegal, right? Like, obviously what he did is is illegal. He's being punished for it. That's fine. This almost, though, it, it, it almost tugs at your heart a little bit, you know? And, and other, other reports have come out that he's mismanaged his money. I mean, Lord knows, I mean, his salary over the last few years has been disclosed. Like, he was making a good living, right? Mm-hmm. And it's sad to see that kind of be squandered away just with mismanagement of the money. But, um, but it, it, it's, it's really interesting to me, you know, this, this human element uh, spin almost, you know, like, well, yeah, what he did was so wrong, $20,000, and then... Well, what was he actually doing with the money? Well, if this is true, and he was trying to improve his mother's living conditions based off of a recent event uh, that 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 altered her living style, right? Like her her health. Um, I don't know. It just kind of tugs me a little bit. It almost makes me feel a little bad for him. I, I don't know. It, it's weird. I think reading this piece from Greg Hansen, and once you told you mentioned it to me, I kind of went through it too. And it's clear that Greg Hansen likes him some Book Richardson and hates him some, some Sean Miller. Mm-hmm. You know, because this whole thing is almost like a. Book Richardson apology piece, how he suffered enough and Book's dealing with this and that. The punishment doesn't fit the crime and this, you know, it is meant to tug at the heartstrings and say, try to give a reason for why Book Richardson did what he did. But the thing is also to remember, and I guess to backtrack here, Book Richardson said that's what he spent the money on. Well, what, a year and a half ago, Greg Hansen said he heard from a guy whose name lines with, look, that money was given to like Raleigh Alkins, right? Right, or, right. You know, and Book Richardson was caught on tape saying that money was given to these guys and gave Sean, and Sean Miller paid that guy and... You know, it's, I'd rather believe that he took the money and bought it, spent the money on his mom's place. I would like to believe that because it also mm-hmm. means that Arizona was in the clear and that gives even more <laughs> yeah, right. to the idea that they had no idea what was going on, right? Like, mm-hmm. yep, yep. So, but no, I mean, the Greg Hansen piece about this, I mean, it talks about how, you know, that, that mentions U of A's victim statement, which they're supposed to write. That's because he's like, was Ralph Sarno really a victim here when they said it was devastating news? Is it any more devastating than other bad news? It's like, come on. Greg, we know what you're doing here. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he's defending one guy as he continually tries to trash the other, and that's his business. That's his right, and he can do whatever he wants, say whatever he'd like. But, you know, it's Book Richardson isn't a victim, per se. If he had never taken any money, never taken any bribes, none of this ever happens. And that's what it comes down to. Like, you could, a guy could get into crime for all they want. I mean, he's not Peter Pan here, mm-hmm. you know, or he's not Robin Hood. Not Peter Pan, Robin. He's not, you know, stealing from the rich to give to the poor. He took extra money that he should not have taken, I guess we cannot even say allegedly he did, and whatever yeah, he, he spent it on. Yeah. You know, I'd mm-hmm. rather spend it on his mom than U of A players, but you can't do that. 
So, like I said, did Booker, has he suffered enough? Probably. His life as he knew it before is over. You know, and he's still going to go to prison for three months, okay? So, like, it's, he's getting punished. I'm not looking for him to do any more than that. I'm not trying to throw the book at him, no pun intended or anything. But at the same time, this idea that book, even if he had the most pure intentions, you can't commit crimes like that. And him yep. doing that, and again, if you want to assume that Arizona and Miller had nothing to do with it, knew nothing about it, then Book Richardson doing what he did, even if the intention was to help his mother's living condition, he caused a lot of hurt and embarrassment to the program. Mm-hmm. You know, so as someone who cares about the program first, I'm not okay with that. So do I feel bad that if his mother having that situation caused him to go down that road? Yeah, I would feel bad about that. But there's got to be other ways. You know, yeah. than doing something shady, doing something illegal. So, mm-hmm. you know, the piece makes him sound like a victim. And I mean, Book Richards is a human being, you know, and like I said, he's not a bad guy. And you mentioned how the judge looks into that. Like, he hasn't done anything wrong throughout his life. He made some bad decisions here, maybe for good reasons, but you still have to be punished. So, no, I mean, he's, he's not a victim. If anything, I guess right now, Arizona is a victim. Book Richardson is not. Yeah, no, it's uh, j- just to reiterate, right? Like, I, I'm not, I don't want to sound naive here. Like, clearly, I, I'm no, saying, I know, like, I he is wrong, right? And, and more so to the listeners, like, I don't want to make it sound like I'm being naive, right? Like, uh, he's, it, it's illegal. He's being punished. He admitted he knows what he did was wrong. Um, but yeah, so no, when, when all that came down, right, that was, um, that was, uh, was, I think, like June, June 8th, June 7th, something like that. Uh, moving forward, just simply, I think three days, four days, uh, there was then some big news that also came down also for the Arizona basketball team, but more so on the court, which was the addition of Jordan Brown, who was transferring uh, from Nevada. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with the Jordan Brown, uh, with the Jordan Brown story, he was, he was, Arizona was one of the finalists. It, it was, it was Nevada. Cal and Arizona, which in hindsight, really looking at last year, that was really odd. Three teams, I feel like, because Cal was just god awful last year, and and obviously Nevada, as it turned out, was the best of the three. But uh, but as far as you know, Power Five is concerned, you know, Cal and Arizona, uh, former five-star center Jordan Brown, and there, there there was a lot of hope that Jordan Brown would actually commit because this that whole thing last summer came down around the time that. That Brandon Williams had recommitted to Arizona. Obviously, he ends up he ends up choosing Nevada. Goes there last year, somewhat buried on the bench, as I'd mentioned before, just with the with, with the depth of upper upperclassmen mm-hmm. who who were playing ahead of him. Uh, you know, turnover at the head coaching position brings him to transfer out, right? And Arizona snags another one. So, um, Adam, I mean, th- there's no two ways about this. I mean, this is a very good acquisition for Arizona. I mean, I think I think it's going to pay dividends, honestly, two years from now, right? Uh, he does, of course, have to sit out next year because he did play last year. Uh, but that adds him to the list of Jamal Barker Jr. from Kentucky. Uh, and then, you know, I guess, Adam, let, let's just look at the rest of the roster, right? So what's existing now on today's roster without any incoming freshmen? Uh, it looks like, I mean, I would expect Ira Lee, Alex Barcelo to definitely be on this team two years from now, right? And what do you think? I mean, is it possible that Brandon Williams sticks around for another year or do you think that he's going? Yeah, I, that's a good question. I mean, so we have to see so much for this com- upcoming season, right? Like there's mm-hmm. all of a sudden the expectations are back. But yeah. If nothing else, adding a guy like Jordan Brown, I think it's that more positive momentum that, you know, since the last recruiting class, you, you know, someone put this great class together and then players are still coming to Arizona. But certainly, you know, like last year, about a year, yeah, probably about a year ago this time or maybe a little bit longer when Justin Coleman and Ryan Luther chose, you know, decided to go to Arizona. Like, okay, that's good because the Wildcats need players. And these guys, you thought, well, they're picking Arizona because even if something was to happen, it won't happen this season. Mm-hmm. Well, if Jordan Brown... He's picking Arizona, and he's not going to get, be able to play until you know two seasons from now. Same thing with Baker. So it's like these guys are picking Arizona at a time where if there was any real certainty, you'd question why they're doing that. But certainly with guys like if Brandon Williams sticks around for his third season, which could happen depending on what goes on this season, Ira Lee, uh, Barcelo could be there. I mean, you never know because someone has a great season, they leave someone has a bad season to get buried on the bench they leave you know yeah. but you know if you're if your building blocks right now are jordan brown and baker like you're feeling pretty good about those two because of course arizona's in on more guys for recruiting and you know you don't know if Mannion's going to be a one and done if josh green's going to be a one and done coloco you figure would be back um yep. armstrong like there's uh and like you don't know which of those guys are one and dones but certainly from two years from now like, i'm excited about this upcoming season but i know certainly this yeah. season two years from now 
will also have a, it looks like it'll have a similar buzz in part because you'll, guys, you'll have guys like Brown and Baker who, okay, these are highly rated guys who now have a year in the system, are a year older, stronger, and more ready to come in and make that immediate impact where we saw someone like TJ McConnell do that. Sat free. We mm-hmm. saw Chase Jeter do that. Sat for the year. Kadeem, Ryan Anderson, Kadeem Allen, Kadeem mm-hmm. Allen did that. So it's like we've seen these guys when they've sat, they come out and they're ready to go. You know, they're good basketball players, productive basketball players. So to have two guys like this, to have a guard, you know, a good defensive guard and a big, to just be your building blocks to add to whatever whoever sticks around and whoever you bring in. Like, yeah, it seems like Arizona basketball. Like if if you just ignore this past season and you looked at the recruiting classes and the rosters that they're putting together, you'd feel like they never missed a beat, which yeah. is just amazing, all things considered. So, you know, I think that's such an exciting thing for Arizona just because, again, a lot can happen in two years. A lot can happen in two months, as we've seen yep. and learned. Yep. But at least right now, it's just the perception Maybe not even perception, the reality for Arizona basketball just keeps getting better and better. It seems like an upwards trajectory, which this time a year ago, five months ago, we couldn't have said that. So, I mean, what an exciting time to be an Arizona basketball fan once again. Of course, you start to have expectations again, but I think we're all used to that, and you want to have those expectations. And how Sean Miller, how Arizona keeps pulling these guys, it's I, I wonder what they're telling these kids, you know, mm-hmm. what they're showing them, because you'd expect coaches to lie, but... They must be really good at explaining what's going on, what's going to happen, and how they can prove it because these kids are showing a lot of faith in Miller and Arizona to, again, not only just come to Arizona for a season, but you're not worried about postseason bans. You're not worried about Miller getting suspended, right? Like they're just saying, you know what, like Jordan Brown and Baker especially, they sign now, they come to Arizona now, but they don't get to play till next year when if anything was going to happen from the NCAA, you'd assume it won't happen this season but could happen next season. Yeah, I I really hate to overlook this upcoming year because this upcoming year is going to be a lot of fun, right? If everything stays intact and and we've hammered on this point, but but it definitely begs the question when Jordan Brown on top of Baker from Kentucky are are transferring in, sitting out and knowing that they are going to miss next year and their first year of eligibility with Arizona is going to be two seasons from now. It definitely speaks volumes to, uh, I I guess, just somewhat of the closure, I think, right, That, that, that we're perhaps seeing with the whole book Richardson thing, but everything else. That, that that's getting wrapped up, I think. And, you know, I, Adam, I, I think that's a great point too, right? Because obviously the questions are being asked, right? Uh, if, if I'm a recruit, like if I'm Jordan Brown or Baker, I'm, I'm asking Sean Miller point blank, like, you know, I don't want to transfer to you. If there's a chance that we're going, like, if I'm going to miss the postseason, I don't want to transfer to a team where there's going to be a postseason ban, you know, tell me like wh- what's happening. What are you hearing? What's going on with the school, this and that. And, and I certainly doubt that. I mean, there's no lying going on, right? Like there's none of that. I definitely think that everything's being truthful. And, and I think behind the scenes as a fan, that's got to make you feel a little better about the reality of the situation, that things are maybe not as bad as what they were perceived to be over the last 18 months. Yeah. And it's, kids and their parents or their handlers whoever's in kind of helping guide them through these processes you got this isn't a secret what's going on with arizona mm-hmm. yeah it's not like a wait what there's an fbi investigation or there's a possibly for sanctions like this has all been out there for a year and a half almost two years now so mm-hmm. somehow whatever the answers are they must be really good answers convincing answers and yep it's i mean i'm glad because it does make me wonder yeah. What do they know? Maybe they've played the Sean Miller tape, and it has Sean Miller on tape saying, <laughs> "I'm not going to pay guys." That's not what we do at Arizona, uh, right? Like they got I would it's almost love like it. they got to have something because these guys they want to play for Arizona, but they want to play for Arizona because one, they want to play for Sean Miller, and two, they expect to compete for a championship and go to the postseason. Mm-hmm. And if Miller gets fired or suspended, or there's sanctions and Arizona gets a postseason ban, that's not going to happen. So for them to have that faith and put it in Miller, it's I guess. Things could still happen, but for what? But there, there's something that the coaching staff and the school is able to tell these kids to reassure them and their families that everything's going to be okay. That it's going to be business as usual at Arizona. And if I'm an Arizona fan, which I am, I know you are too. Right. Like it's at least a little, it's comforting because it's not the end all. Because again, things could change. But these kids and everybody associated with them believes in the Wildcats enough. These kids can go to any school they want. A lot of them. You know, yep. Just look at this year's recruiting class. Nico Manning could have gone anywhere. Josh Green was North Carolina wanted that kid, right? Like these kids could have gone mm-hmm. anywhere, and they chose Arizona and Sean Miller, even with this dark cloud. So it looks like the skies are getting a bit more sunny in Tucson, and you know, hopefully, with the Book Richardson thing coming to an end, like hopefully that's the last we hear of all of this. But yeah, like I'm, 
I think you have no choice but to look at these events, what's transpired around Arizona basketball, especially the last couple of weeks, and feel pretty good about where the program's going again. The foundation for two classes from now, right? Because next year, it's, I mean, we, we've talked about it again, just so often because it's so exciting. And now a lot of those way too early, you know, top 25 rankings are coming out. And Arizona finds themselves somewhat comfortably, you know, like, you know, I know Gary Paris released his for CBS and he, they, he has Arizona at 14. Um, yeah, I, I think, and I'm blanking on the guy's name, but a big, big basketball beat writer for, uh, for Yahoo had Arizona check in at 15. And, and you know what? That's, that's a comfortable, respectful position, I think, without the team ever even running a play on the court. You know, I think that I think that's a comfortable, somewhat of a low pressure situation because, you know, the last time that there was a lot of hype around, we know it was DeAndre Ayton and that whole team. And and they just fell flat on their faces, worked mm-hmm. their way back up to respectability. But it was just really hard to overcome the preseason hype. So I'm totally fine with this, you know, 14, 15, 16, whatever a modest ranking, but still respectable, right? Uh, but but staying on point here, like you know, two years from now, there's a great foundation with ba- Baker and Brown as the transfers. You know, odds are Ira Lee and Barcelo will still be there. Brandon Williams could be a bit of a wild card, but then looking at this incoming freshman class uh, for for what we're about to see for the 1920 class, Armstrong, Coloco, and, and Zeke are are going to most definitely be on the team too, right? I guess like borrowing, uh, excuse me, borrowing any transfer situations for those three, but that's a really solid foundation without even tapping into the possibilities of, you know, of Sean Miller hitting the recruiting trail, you know, and, and we know he hits it hard and very well. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, Adam, I, I definitely think that, uh, lots and lots to be excited about long-term too, right? Like not just the short term of next year with the, you know, potential sanctions looming because that, I mean, that's still going to loom large, I think over the next, I mean, who knows? I don't, I don't even want to say, you know, if nothing happens, if nothing said for a year, I mean, it's still going to be in the back of everyone's mind, right? Like this isn't, I feel like just going to vanish, I guess. I, I, I don't no. know. It, it's hard for me to imagine that just out of nowhere, you know, five years from now, there's still been no trace of it. And you got to imagine by that point, like it's not, nothing's going to happen. Like I, I feel like something's going to come down. If you start winning or you get back to winning and you know, where everybody, where they have the experts have Arizona right now, that makes sense because they're relying on a lot of unknowns. Arizona mm-hmm. wasn't very good last season. Okay, you bring in Nico, you bring in Josh, can you bring in this freshman class? And it's like, okay, well, are these guys one-and-done type freshmen? Are they that good? So there's still a bit of a mystery, but it's an exciting mystery because, you know, there's plenty of talent. And, yeah, of course, going forward. But I, I can't speak for you, Ronnie, but, like, I know for me there were many times, many times, I don't get that dramatic, but there were times over the last 18 months or so where I really questioned if Arizona basketball would ever get back to being what we're used to. And, you know, it's been so much fun having a program that's been in the top 10 pretty much every year that didn't lose at home, that just mm-hmm. ran their non-conference. It was a, you know, second weekend of tournament contender pretty much every single season with a chance at the Final Four. And when all this started to go down, you, know, you hoped, okay, well, we thought maybe the team with DeAndre Ayton was their last good chance because they had the roster, they had talent, and you knew what happened in the recruiting class. And who knew if they were ever going to get that type of program again, that type of recruiting class again. And I remember thinking, well, wow, if Arizona basketball isn't Arizona basketball anymore, that's, that's not going to be any fun. <laughs> I didn't want to see them mm-hmm. become that middling team. I didn't want to see Arizona basketball become Colorado. You know, or even what happened to UCLA recently. I didn't want to see them end up in the Utah class or the USC class or, heaven forbid, ASU passed them. So <laughs> yeah. to kind of have them back to where they're going, it's like, oh, yeah, Arizona's pulled in, you know, what, two five-stars, a couple of four-stars. They got a five-star transfer, a couple another four-star transfer. They're in on every other top recruit for the next class, too. It's like, oh, okay, Arizona basketball is Arizona basketball still. And as an Arizona basketball fan, admittedly, like, that's, that's something I wasn't ready to accept, that Arizona couldn't be that anymore or wouldn't be that anymore. So, yeah, like you said, sooner or later, like, this will come to an end, or at least, you know, the ramifications of this whole situation will be felt, and whatever happens, happens. But as of right now, it does seem like Arizona basketball has that one-season speed bump, and everything's back to normal. Like, I still laugh at all the Phoenix media people who, after the ASU game, like, oh, that sounds like Sean Miller plans on leaving. <laughs> and uh, it's like, I wonder if anyone will have to answer for that one. That his, yeah. his speech was a going away speech, a thank you to Tucson speech, because if that's the case still, then he's doing a hell of a job lying to these, these kids that are coming in. So, you know, it's just, I understand where Arizona Bessel was. It was a dark place for the better part of the last, well, I don't want to say 18 months, because even at times during the eight and year, things seemed fun. But yeah. really since they lost to Buffalo up until, I guess, the book sentencing, there yeah. was a cloud. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they got the recruiting class, but there was just so much uncertainty, and now it seems like there's a little bit more stable ground for the program, and we're seeing the results. It's not only is that Shenmore surviving this, but it's almost like he's thriving, and that's amazing. And of course, they just hired Jack Murphy, too, to be the associate right. head coach, so it's so much good news around Arizona basketball these days. It's almost scary because I don't think anyone could have expected it. Yeah, no, that that's a great point, too. And thank you for bringing up uh, the Jack Murphy hiring, too. I mean, that's great. Bring him home, right? Keep it in the family. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I really think, yeah, that whole, uh, I, I almost don't even want to bring that up again, but with the whole farewell speech, it's like, is it possible that was just in the back of his mind? He knew that was farewell to the worst season that Arizona basketball had seen <laughs> in the last 35 years? Like, is that, has anybody ever like the, pondered the, that? The end of an emotional season, right? Yeah. Like, that's. But that's but that's where people thought this program was, and I don't. I know we talked about it on this show quite a bit, and we didn't believe that. You know, we didn't believe it was his last game at Arizona, and but it was always we hoped Arizona basketball would get back to what we're used to. Mm-hmm. Well, now we're seeing evidence that it's not going to be hope; it's going to be reality. It's awesome. And yeah. it's like Arizona's that power on the West still. Jordan mm-hmm. Brown. I remember I saw one of the tweets like, "Oh, Jordan Brown visited ASU, then decided to go to U of N." I remember telling a friend, "I'm like, all oh, it takes is one look at ASU to decide. Yep, Tucson's the place for me." And mm-hmm. you know, it's had a laugh about it, but it's just Arizona is still Arizona. It looks like, and as long as Arizona is that level, the Final Four is gonna happen. It's gonna be yeah. fun basketball season, intense, stressful seasons, but as long as Arizona can maintain that level of play at a consistent pace, like they had then it's going to happen and basketball will be fun again. Like last year, wasn't a lot of fun from here on out. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Adam, let's, uh, let, let, let's pivot here. We're just quickly, uh, one more topic I want to touch on here again, full blown dog days of summer here. So, uh, yeah. I know a lot of the football lines for the week zero week one, just the overall first game, of the upcoming football season have been released those lines adam before we jump into that let's actually take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors all right adam so as mentioned there are lines gambling lines that are being released for the first week or week zero if you're arizona going to hawaii uh those lines have been released for those first college football games uh, for all the pac-12 uh, pac-12 sports great follow by the way on twitter at pac-12 excuse me at sports pac-12 is their twitter handle um it's a great follow for all of the pac-12 and and any pac-12 affiliate right um but they do start out here obviously week zero the first line and and that is most pertinent to our conversation here today adam arizona enters the matchup in week zero august 24th at hawaii as 11 and a half point favorites Um, yeah I so it feels right. I guess I just it it scares me based off of what happened last year with BYU and falling flat on our faces. Really through weeks one and week two. I mean the Houston game, right? I, I don't want to relive any of that too too much, but um, but but I, I think it's it's important to not necessarily completely dump just flush everything that happened last year because I think that uh, the, the 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 learning point from last year I would say is. Uh, let's not get too excited. Right. And there was a lot of unnecessary pressure, I think on this team last year, a lot of it made sense. I mean, I, I guess you could say some of, some of it was somewhat warranted, uh, hiring Kevin Sumlin and just the success that he had had, um, I don't want to say, you know, to the to the level of Alabama, but he had certainly found success in the past success relative to Arizona standards. Absolutely. And then him being paired up with Khalil Tate, uh, you know, there was a lot and lot and lot of pressure on this team, specifically Khalil Tate coming into the season, uh, coming into last season. This year, it, it feels it feels right again, right? Like it feels like we're not necessarily in a high pressure situation. Um, the first two games are not as crazy difficult as BYU and then traveling to Houston uh, were um, at Hawaii, though, 11 and a half points. I, I, it kind of feels like a stay away, even though I could absolutely <laughs> see Arizona just demolishing them like 63 14 something like that um but i i don't know uh, am, am i am i being too dramatic here adam or, or, or what are your thoughts on this line i think you're kind of hedging yourself because we remember what happened last year like, mm-hmm. we're both old enough to remember when arizona had high expectations and fell flat on their faces early on but yeah i mean hawaii is not very good right. <laughs> arizona will, will assuming going to this game with a healthy khalil tate a healthy everyone you'd hope um so 
with all of that, 11 and a half seems fairly reasonable to me. It's, it's, you can easily see a way where Arizona just cruises in this one. But at the same time, we do remember last season when they had the expectations, came in and laid that egg against BYU, which kind of set the tone for the rest of the season. Where it's just like Arizona wasn't terrible. They just weren't good enough when they needed to be. Whereas this season, I mean, hopefully they can go in week zero and make a statement. You know, maybe when I think I saw, I was reading a thing, I think it was the SB Nation thing, where it's like Arizona's going to be favored to win their first five games and then lose all but like one of the remaining. <laughs> so it's yeah. like the early part of the season is the, the easy part in theory, and the Hawaii game is certainly a part of that. So I, I'm probably more bullish on Arizona than a lot of people are, and not that so much that I think they're going to contend for the Pac-12 South or anything like that, but I do think Arizona's going to be a better football team than they were last year. But they may not show up too many more wins. But the nice thing is the lack of expectations. Whereas, I think last season we were all thinking, oh, Pac-12 South, can they compete for the championship, this and that. Kula Tate Heisman. Going into this season, it's like, well, just try to get back to a bowl game and beat ASU. Yes. Do that, and it's a success. So mm-hmm. it's, it's I prefer high expectations because it means you have something. But it's different when we go from, like, we were talking about basketball. When basketball has high expectations because you know, well, that's a really good roster. It's legitimate. Yeah. Last season, football was like you had the expectations because, well, Khalil Tate was good the year before. We think he can be even better. Kevin, someone's a new coach. We think he can make them even better. Right? It was. It wasn't a. It was a not known expectations type of thing. Whereas basketball, it's like you know what you have there. So, I think for Arizona football, it's better to go in with a little bit lower expectations, like you talked about, like they have. But I, I could easily see them exceeding those and being a pretty good football team starting in week zero at eleven and a half point favorites right now. I can live with that. I mean, A's yeah, a 26-point favorite over Kent State, so, I mean. Yeah, I will, we'll get to that, and especially because, yeah, I don't know about Did ASU, you see the other one, though, Sports Pac-12 had, I think it was last week, the odds to win the Pac-12 football championship? They had us at third best, yeah. tied with Utah and USC, was it? Uh, like 10 uh, to USC 1? USC and Washington State. Was- oh, yeah, right, yeah, because I think U- Utah, Utah was, was favored. Utah was 5 to right? 1. Washington yeah. and Oregon were both 13 to 5, but they had Arizona at 10 to 1. Uh, yeah, so that definitely, I mean, that's eyebrow raising, what right? What does Vegas know that we don't? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And those guys are, I mean, obviously I'm not, <laughs> this isn't news or groundbreaking territory here, but yeah, Vegas is usually very locked in. So they definitely know something here that we don't, maybe there's something in the schedule that they really like, you know, like the toughest game being Washington at home. I know Oregon's always a tough, tough matchup, especially if that's on the road. But um, I mean, you'd have to argue that Washington's the most talented team we're going to play this year and you got them at home. So, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I I don't know. Let's um, I mean, hey, I'm all for that. Ten to one. Absolutely. That would be fun. But the way I see it is if you really believe Khalil Tate was a Heisman Trophy caliber quarterback last season, you kind of have to think he'll be better this season. He's healthy. He has a greater barring injury offense. Yeah, of course. Like he's healthy barring injury. He. Should be able to run again. Should be able to throw the ball better. I mean, his passing was better last season. It was. So you put that maybe improved passing game and understanding of Noah Mazzoni's offense with his health and ability to run again. And it's like if you have Heisman Trophy caliber Kula Tate, then why can't Arizona win the Pac-12 South, right? Because that'll make up for so many other deficiencies that they have, like he did the season before. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot of ifs. But yeah, I see that, and yeah, I know we were looking at the 11.5 point spread to week zero. That's fine. That makes sense. 10 to 1 is kind of surprising for the odds to have tied for the fourth best odds or third best. I don't know how people do this when people tie, but how they like to call it. But mm-hmm. like if Arizona's going to be pretty good, then they're going to be pretty good. And it's, I know that's not like a genius thing to say, but if Khalil Tate is as good as we all thought he could have been, then the Wildcats are going to be just fine because they do have the linebackers. You know, their defense should be a little better. Just got to figure out a couple things on the defensive line at receiver and make sure the offensive line gets to be good. But like Khalil Tate, if he's Heisman Trophy Khalil Tate, then Arizona's going to be a good football team. I think that's. I what definitely it comes think. I, I I love the point you made about defense, and I think just circling back to this Week One matchup at Hawaii. Hawaii has a junior quarterback, or he may be a redshirt sophomore, depending on how the rules shook out for him. But uh, last year, he played in all 13 games. His name is Cole McDonald. And as a sophomore, they had enlisted here. He completed 59% of his passes, threw for 3,800 yards, 3,875 yards, 36 to 10 touchdown to interception ratio. And now, you know, he, he, he was he was honorable mention all Mountain West. And, you know, he they, they played some respectable teams in the Mountain West. Right. I mean, you got the Boise State, the Fresno State last year was really good. Um, You know, of course, you you always have Nevada and you you have San Diego State. You know, there there are 
reputable opponents in the Mountain West. Overall, I mean, obviously they're part of the group five. They're not a power five school. Um, but with that said, I mean, I really like that this matchup is going to test one of the weaker units of the defense historically, you know, over really probably going back to when Rich Rod took over um, that, that being the secondary, right? Like they're going to be tested here. Absolutely. And now to what level will that test actually shake out to be? Not necessarily sure, but I kind of like the matchup as a week one test on the road, especially too. So, um, you know, Colt McDonald, keep an eye on that. You know, obviously this guy can sling it. This goes back to like the Colt Brennan years and like the, what was it? The Timmy Chang, right? Like Hawaii is known for obviously under different regimes as far as head coaching, uh, situations concerned, but, uh, you know, Hawaii has historically been known to be able to air it out. And I think that Cole McDonald will be a nice little test in week zero or, you know, our week one, if you will, for this, but imagine Arizona gets that win, say, 11 uh, and a feel half, good. say seven points, like, as bad as Arizona felt after losing to BYU last year with all the expectations and the hype and you were at home, if you go on the road in week zero and win this game, even if Hawaii's not Convincingly. a great football team. Convincingly. Yeah, but you're 1-0 now. Yes, exactly. You're not playing from behind. You're not playing catch like Arizona was last season. You come home after that win. You have an extra time to rest a little bit. And what, Texas Tech, right? Uh, and then, so uh, NAU then NAU Texas then Tech, Texas yeah. Tech. Okay, yep. so it's like, but 3-0 and seems very, very possible there. So, mm-hmm. But it starts mm-hmm. with 1-0. and So... I think for as bad as Arizona felt after that BYU game, and I remember not feeling too good after that one. Did not feel good at all. You could feel really good. Because even beating BYU would have been a signature win. BYU wasn't a great football team. But it was just a game you couldn't afford to lose, and it would have been it was a worse loss, and it would have been a good win. But even if it was still a win, you're now 1-0. And it's the hype yeah. that you had seems, if for at least one week, validated, justified. There's a confidence that comes with that. So to me, this, this Hawaii game is a really nice setup for them because it's not a great opponent. It's a challenging one enough, but if Arizona plays as good as we think they can, then they should roll in that game. And it kind yeah. of makes an early statement. You get a chance to kind of show people, hey, you know, we're better than you think we are because we're not the team we were last season. Like they could say that with a win there and it may not matter. You know, you come back home, you beat NAU, and then like it's a lot happens after that game, but just to have that good feeling would be great. And I'd, I like to see the Vegas lines are pretty bullish on the Wildcats right now. That's, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd rather be Arizona than Oregon State right now. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, right. So let's walk through the rest of these here. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm with you. Absolutely right. A win's a win. and You'll take a win any way you can get it. But I would especially absolutely a road just, win. especially a road win. And I guess, you know, like a team in Hawaii, who they didn't have a bad year last year. You know, they, they were, you know, like they have key pieces, right? And Cole McDonald, as I highlighted, uh, is, is, is a nice little, is a nice little test, I think, for the defense. And moving on then, Adam, so we have... The rest of the lines are this UCLA underdog four points. Uh, they're getting four points at Cincinnati makes sense, right? I mean, Chip Kelly just simply hasn't really shown much. I, I think what he has in a winning season at any level since 2014, is, is that what somebody pointed out recently? Um, obviously it's a lot more difficult at the professional ranks than it is in college, but last year there really just wasn't anything to make you feel good or optimistic about, uh, you know, a quick turnaround, especially going into week one uh, of the next new season for UCLA. As you mentioned, Kent State plus 26, getting 26 points at home, or excuse me, at ASU. Adam, I'm glad you brought this one up because there are, there's a lot of uncertainty about ASU. And historically, Adam, ASU doesn't necessarily come out like gangbusters to start the season. You know, we've seen them kind of trip up before, uh, not necessarily trip up in the sense of it results in a loss, you know, like, but what like New Mexico state last year or two years ago where they just barely eked it out. Uh, it always feels like, like there's, it's a little too close for comfort for like a sack state or somebody, you know, some, some big sky opponent that they schedule. That's supposed to be the cupcake. Um, there's never, like I said, they come out like gangbusters and for them to be laying 26 points against Kent state. I mean, Kent state, what I'm pretty sure they're part of the Mac, you know, the, all the Maction schools, all of that. Um, Kent State, I, I don't think is should should be considered a legitimate threat to go in there and win. 
But if I'm Kent State, and this is not me just really disrespecting ASU because I want to slam ASU any chance I get, but this does seem like a legitimate opportunity for some arbitrage there because 26 points in a situation where ASU still, you don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be. They lost their best player in Nikhil Harry. You know, who's going to fill in for all that production? I know they have Inu Benjamin, who was recently added to Phil Stills uh, preseason, uh, All-American ranks, whatever he was second, he was named second team to that. Um, but you know, there, there are, there, there, there are a lot of question marks, I think on the ASU team. Is this me just being my, my anti ASU bias taking effect here? Or how do you feel about that matchup? If it is, and I have the same anti ASU bias, like I need to know who their quarterback is before I could feel good about them giving up almost four touchdowns yeah. in any game. And if it's Dylan Sterling Colwell, he's been pretty terrible. Anytime he's been on the field, mm-hmm. it's Jaden Daniels. He might be good, but he's a true freshman. And so they lost a lot from last year's team, a lot of key guys. So, yeah, they're at home, and they're, it's hard. they're not going to lose to Kent State. They're, they're way too talented for that, but 26 points is quite a bit with the unknowns that they have. Now, maybe they go out there and Dylan Sterling Cole, if he's the week one starter, looks like that. He looks good because they're playing Kent State. You know, that, that's very possible. That just inferior opponent makes bad quarterback look good. Yep. But until I'm not going to buy into ASU – I mean, again, that's a team that won seven games last season. I think four of them were by, were by like a touchdown or three points or less. You know, they, they won a lot of close games, but they had a senior quarterback. They had a first-round pick at wide receiver. They lost those guys. They lost some guys on defense. So it's, they have Benjamin. He's good, and they have some talent. But I, they don't exactly have a program going right now where you could say from year to year to year that the guys they have coming in to replace their stars are going to keep them at that level. So... You know, 26 points week one when you don't know who the quarterback is or if they're going to be any good, I, I think that's a lot. Yeah, seems unreasonable. Uh, moving down the list here, and it should be noted, uh, Washington and Cal do not have any lines listed just yet. Uh, they're FCS opponents. Uh, Washington's matchup with Eastern Washington and Cal will be playing their neighbors right down the road, UC Davis. Uh, but but moving along with the lines that have been released, Utah, six and a half point favorite at BYU, uh, which is interesting. Now, actually, I guess I should have looked into this ahead of time because sometimes that could be a neutral site game. But I do think... Well, I guess where would they play that in Utah? Probably not then, huh? So, yeah, that is probably uh, at BYU. Feel good about that. I mean, but BYU oh, yeah. is always such a wild card. Like, I don't know what to They're make of that. They're in week one. Yeah, yeah, as, as we know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, and then Colorado State is getting 10.5 points as they travel to Boulder to take on Steven Montez, right? Is he mm-hmm. he's still there, right? This is his senior year. I feel like Colorado should be able to to cover that like to should be able to win by more than you know touchdown in a field goal more or less than 10 and a half i think that that experience at key spots yeah and i think that that is probably a little bit more of a testament to me not believing in colorado state than it is actually giving colorado credit though you know what i mean just because in colorado just i such fool's gold a couple years ago when they was that three years ago now when they won the pac-12 south that was just like the most such a fraudulent event but that's fine um yeah moving on uh oklahoma state as you alluded to the uh oregon state right so oklahoma state is traveling to corvallis and they are actually laying 17 points to the beavers in corvallis (laughs) um i don't i that just yeah, I don't know what to make of that. Adam. Have made some changes, but they're not good yet. I uh, probably not. It just kind of feels like a stay away too. I, you know, Oklahoma State. I, I know what uh, Mason, whatever uh, Mason Rudolph is that his name? Uh, he's now in the pros, I believe. Mm-hmm. Their quarterback last year, who was very, very prolific at the college level, especially um, you know in, in some Big Twelve matchups. But uh, not, yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Northwestern at Stanford, though. That's. Um, that could be a good game. That seems like uh, a fun one. Northwestern's getting six and a half points, uh, traveling over to Palo Alto. You know, Northwestern, they've been pretty feisty. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald's had that team on the upswing now for a bit, and obviously David Shaw. So um, I would rather, you know what? I want to get an average SAT score of each team, and <laughs> then I will go with the highest there. I don't even know what to make of, of on the gridiron. But and no yeah, matter who the, wins that game, they're all going to be winners in life. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yes, they are. Uh, Oregon at Auburn. Now, this is a neutral side game. I know Uh, Oregon is getting two points. Adam, this one to me 
And, you know, New Mexico State at Washington State, uh, 34 and a half point. I, I mean, yeah, we, when yeah, you start getting to those crazy ones, just stay away. Um, and, you know, Fresno State at USC, uh, getting 11 points. If I kind of like Fresno State there, and we can dive into that a little bit more later uh, as we're coming up short on time here. But, uh, Adam, I want to focus real quick on Oregon getting two points neutral side against Auburn. I think that this, to me, this this feels like some Justin Herbert respect. And I know that they're yeah. returning some key pieces on defense. And I know, you know, like Oregon's Oregon and, and you know, they, they've, they, you know, they've somewhat, I guess, earned a little bit of respect. I think over the last, last few years, especially while Justin Herbert's been there, you know, post chip Kelly uh, and even, you know, post uh, what, what's, why am I blanking on his name? Mark, um, Mark Helfridge. But I, Auburn, Auburn's legit and Auburn has consistently outperformed Oregon and especially against higher level of talent. I, this to me just feels like if I get the chance, I'm going to hammer Auburn on this line. What do you make of that Oregon being that close to Auburn neutral site? I'm still waiting for Justin Herbert to do something that warrants that respect. And Mm -hmm. I guess I, I didn't watch him a lot last season. I saw him look bad against Arizona, but he's never, he's always struck me as a guy that's the hype doesn't nearly match up with the performance. So if he goes out there and plays like the guy that people think should be a number one pick in the draft, then you could see why Oregon's only plus two in this one. But until I see him do that against a good team like Auburn, like I think that's not, I think that's way too much respect for Oregon and not nearly enough for Auburn. So I, I think I'm with you on that one. That just doesn't seem right to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to pursue that. I'll be interested to see what the line closes at once kickoff rolls around, but we're going to be waiting a long time for that, Adam, because we are still, what is that? Uh, well, I guess, I guess we're under three months now, so it's not terrible. So, um, time is slowly passing here and it'll be training camp and everything before we know it. But, uh, all right, Adam. So yeah, we're, we're, approaching that one hour mark here and that's usually our sweet spot so as far as the recording schedule goes i know uh, rob and bryant will be releasing i think some more beta rank stuff if i understood that correctly nice. uh next week uh so i know that they're recording later this week but it won't be released until next week uh and then adam you and i i think we're just going to try to keep doing this every other week thing so uh for all of our listeners bear with us we'll all get through this off season and it'll be full-blown coverage plenty of content to come i know everyone um you know uh, Bryant and Ryan are, are working very diligently on getting the uncalled for, unnecessary, uncalled for Pac-12 preseason uh, review out there, uh, preview out there, excuse me, and uh, more updates to come on that. I'm, I'm going to let Bryant uh, update everyone on that as the time gets closer for the release. But um, Adam, it's been a blast once again. I know, uh, you know content's a little dry these days, uh, but we, like I said, we'll we'll get through it. Yeah, definitely. And as long as there's more good news to talk about like this, and I'm always happy to record. Yes. <laughs> Let's have like from a nice calendar year from now until, you know, June-ish of 2020. Let's have a lot of good things to talk about. Lots, right? like, lots and lots of good things. Lots of yeah. wins, lots of fun times. Let's do that. I'm I'm all for that. And I know our listeners would be too. So, uh, all right, everyone. So, uh, keep an eye out for the next podcast to be released with Brian and Rob going into some more detailed, uh, beta rank information. And as far as we're concerned, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks until then bear down.